Have you ever wanted to be more superhuman? Are you ready to contribute to the future of humanity while well, you're in the right place? Join Michelle and AJ now for the Becoming Superhuman podcast. You'll be glad that you did. Aha. Yes. Hello. Hello. Greetings. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm just going to get rid of all this stuff in the background. Right. And then I'm going Yeah, because to- that can sometimes interfere. I'm trying hotspotting hot off my phone now because my Wi-Fi was a little bit shaky on the last one. It was a little, yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying hotspotting. Oh, um, da, 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 da. Slideshow, on the store. Are you going to be using slides or just talking? Yeah, so no, I've got slides. Okay, so and, do um, you... Very good question from you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's very fun. good. Yes. Are you happy to do share slides? Hang on, have I made you you a co-host? Yeah. So I'll just share now and then... I'll just make you a co-host. Yep. 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 Oh, perfect. Uh, and I need to... We've got a couple of minutes, I think. What time is it? So, um, well, I suppose we can yeah. just have it sitting like that, can't we? Yeah, perfect. So how are you going? Great. It's been awesome. And we are recording and there are a couple of people on. <laughs> but it's been amazing. And Jennifer Longmore was so good this morning. And good. Stephen's been great. Just everyone, the whole team that's in the background doing all the do behind the scenes. Yeah. It's been great. It's been yes. awesome. It's huge. And I saw that it? you were on the last one, which is lovely. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of thing with um, um, the comments. So some of them didn't come through to, well, to, I couldn't see them and I and mine couldn't go on. So oh. that's just a little technical thing. Okay. We might the chat box, I just noticed, yeah. If you're in the chat sometimes, hello, Angel. <laughs> um, sometimes people forget and they just reply to all um uh attendees rather than to the facilitators or whatever you need that to, could be what it is yeah yeah you have to reply to all panelists and attendees if everyone wants to see everyone's comments okay yeah or they need to use the chat the q a which i'll encourage people to use and we've got people starting to join on now which okay, is great. great i'm just gonna um or maybe i'll wait what time is it Go live into Facebook. Yeah, I'll just wait the five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're using a presentation. Anything else that I can do? I've got a bit of bio and I'll introduce you because I know you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, no, I mean, I had so I initially, you know, when I sent you that email this morning for done for, you know, something for breakout rooms, but we'll just use the chat. That's great. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, great. And we can bring someone on audibly if we want to. It's just a bit of mucking around yeah, no, let's to hear their voice. So we'll use the chat or the Q&A box at the bottom then. And I'll keep my eye on that because probably on your screen you'll mostly see your presentation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that'll be super. Thank you for that. And just prompt for when anything comes up. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So it's a huge week, huh? Yeah. Today, I'm grateful, is a little bit more subtle. <laughs> But the other days are not. Yeah. So you have what four or five on most days? Is that how many? Most days we have seven, eight, nine. So like Ooh. tomorrow and the next day is like eight, nine. Yeah. So they're just like back to back, back to back all day. So yeah. Wow. Fabulous. That's fantastic. Yes. I know. Fitting forty people in. 
Yes. And so are you, are you thinking of you might so then put all the presentations and do kind of a program? Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, we, we may use them as a podcast. Yeah. Um, and then also anyone who's registered can get the recordings then. Yeah. Good. And it also streams into the Facebook group so people can go back and watch there as well. Okay. Um, and so I might be looking down now and then because I'll be monitoring the group and making yes, sure if there's anything in the Facebook group that people ask questions that I can support them and let you know as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. And where are you sitting? I'm actually in a, a house, not in the tiny house right now because the tiny house, it was raining this morning and that's where I was going to be, but it's a tin roof and it's it's insulated, but it's a bit noisier. Yes, yes. And I was like, oh, no, I don't know if that's going to be great sound. So I ended up coming to a house, yeah, so I'm in the lounge room where yeah. it's got better acoustics for rainy days. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, I just noticed that that's something now on, on most... Um, meetings radio and everything people say so where are you sitting and people are sitting in the artist places <laughs> isn't it can yeah, you hear saying me my internet's a bit unstable. Yeah. yeah it's the stability of the internet i'm in uh, merryweather heights and it's just not great service here okay yeah but i think um you know i kind of have control anyway here so if you drop out it's not the end of the world that's right yeah you just hop back on You're in control that's right. It's, I mean, so I did last week and they just, it was, it is just what it is, right? I mean, it's just, that's what we have to work with. Because there's thousands of people everywhere hopping on, yeah, for whatever their business they're doing. Yeah. So I'll intro you to start though and just go through some ground rules and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to hit record into the um, Facebook group now. Okay. Awesome. So it just takes a minute to connect it all. And how are you doing that? That's very fancy. Yeah, and you do it through Zoom, okay. um, but it's just I've got to make sure it goes to the right group. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is great because they'll see your screen and everything then. Okay, super. So it's just getting ready to live stream. Mm -hmm. What a gentle day we have today, huh? Sorry? What a gentle day we have weather-wise today. I know, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. I love waking up with the sound of the rain. Yes, and all the plants are going, oh, yeah. Oh, there's so many, yeah. Yeah. It's just connecting to that. Yeah, it just takes a minute to get onto the live stream. It's such an extreme time, isn't it? It's interesting, isn't it? I spoke to somebody today. She said, "Oh, everybody I speak to are really happy and contented." And and I th and I thought, yeah, well, just depends who you speak to, right? Because you have, you know, if you you if you've lost your job and you're worrying about the rent, um, you know, I, I think we're really seeing extremes. Yes. 
Yes, very much. Now I'm just going to welcome everyone on. Hello, I can see people are starting to roll in and join, which is wonderful. Hello, hello. Um, you'll all notice at the bottom, let's do some housekeeping. So welcome to the Superhuman Summit, firstly, and hopefully you can see on your screen um, a presentation and you'll see my face, AJ, and I'm one of the co-founders of Human Power who are putting on this Superhuman Summit. And you'll also see the delightful Charlotte, hopefully there. Hello, uh, everybody. <laughs> who is our next presenter. So just a couple of housekeeping things for you all. Um, that... We have a lot of people registered and a lot of people will also be listening back to the recording later and some people will be live on um, Facebook, so hello to you people as well. The Facebook Live is called the Superhuman Summit, so it's a group you need to invite or ask to be to join and once you're in, you can live stream all of our presentations and you can go back and watch others. Um, we've already had an incredible day. We had the beautiful Jennifer Longmore from Canada this morning. Um, I've already presented on how we can stop pivoting and start shifting. And now we've got beautiful Charlotta. Now, um, we have over 40 speakers over the eight days and all of the people just like Charlotta here have generously donated their time and their expertise and wisdom and knowledge as our service to you and all of humanity um, during these interesting times. Hello, we've got Marissa joining now. Hello, lovely Hello Marissa. Angel. Hi, Jamie. Welcome, welcome. Um, so there's sort of two parts to our session. I'm going to hand over the reins in a moment to Charlotta um, and she's going to share the inner MBA, which is such a fascinating, intriguing topic. I loved that when you suggested that. Thank and um, she's an expert in mindfulness, so she's going to be sharing some of that with us of how we lead and manage through times like this. And then towards the end, we'll make sure there's plenty of time for some Q&A. Now, how we about, go about doing that, you'll see there is a, a webinar chat, which you can chat in, but preferably if you have questions that you'd like answered, either throughout the presentation or at the end, you'll see at the bottom of your Zoom screen, there's a Q&A with two kind of like speech bubbles. So the Q&A is the place to pop your questions and I'll be moderating and checking in on those throughout the presentation and making sure that I bring those to Charlotte's attention when there's the right moment to do so. So make sure you pop your questions in there. Um, and, you know, it's my job to kind of keep us to time. So we're here for an hour or about 50 minutes roughly. And um, we'll also share at the end and we'll pop links in for the Facebook group of Charlotte's website and all of those places where you can find her. But always we recommend LinkedIn as well. Michelle Crawford, my co-conspirator in creating superhuman and human power um, she'll also be watching so you can join michelle crawford or myself aj alexandria joy on linkedin as well and stay abreast of all the updates but now let's get started for this amazing session on day one of superhuman summit um, and as i said before um, this woman is no stranger to me but in case you're tuning in from somewhere around the world and you haven't yet had the delicious pleasure of meeting Charlotta. She is the director of the Mindfulness Clinic and she's a truly one of the pioneers of mindfulness within Australia. And I would even say more broadly than that, more on a global level. She's trained hundreds of psychologists in mindfulness. I know she works with many, many businesses and we've often talked about some of the um, amazing businesses 
um, such as Bird's Nest that she's worked with and really supported in building um, healthy, thriving cultures and supporting leaders and people of all walks of life to do so more mindfully. Um, And her mindfulness at work program, her mindfulness leadership programs really get rave reviews from people who find her approach and her manner and her practicality so, so useful. Um, I know she's worked in relationship spaces, women in leadership, you know, um, running businesses, as well as people with health and towards end of life, um, all sorts of things. Um, And I know I've been on retreats with Charlotta before. I've been to Bali with her and experienced firsthand mindful eating, mindful leadership, just becoming more conscious and really in my own journey into more spiritual realms, into more awareness and understanding and I guess going deeper with myself, um, she very much was right at the beginning of that and um, really supported me in coming into an awareness and bringing that about in my own world. And so today really when we realise we're facing these challenging times or interesting times with COVID-19 and we think about what's it going to look like on the other side, you know, and do we need to adjust and how do we even handle it while we're here? That's kind of a bit of what hopefully you're, you're speaking about today, Charlotte, with your inner MBA. And I'm going to hand over, you've got the reins, so please um, go forth and share for us and I'll stay here on the line so that I can support you. Thank you. Well, I mean, thank you so much. It feels like sort of lying in a soft sort of doona of community here, uh, which is a really lovely way, you know, being part of this tribe, as you call it, um, um, and and just being one little voice in that, a little differentiate on that, which we will talk a little bit about. So thank you so much for including me and, and well done to you girls. I'm so impressed. I am really so impressed because I think it's amazing what you've created. Yeah. Um, the inner MBA came from because I was doing the um, MBA at Newcastle University and um, as the foundation module for that program and also some work with Monash University in Kuala Lumpur. And I thought, you know, it's actually an inner MBA. It's actually mindfully based awareness because people loved it because there was such a need for it. So I'm not actually sharing anything new. I'm just sharing what people already know. And it's a homecoming. So when it resonates, it's because somewhere inside you go, yeah, of course, I've just forgotten. So that's what this is about. But it's also about something new. What is going to be born out of this? I don't have a clue. I'm just curious. So I hope that together we'll kind of touch into and lean into that a little bit. But to get there, I'm going to share a little bit about the basics of mindful leadership and what that looks like. So that gives us a platform. So let's start with doing our five magic breaths. So just coming into kind of being present with ourselves and our experience. So wherever you are, make yourself comfortable. Close the eyes and relax the shoulders. And just make yourself comfortable and appreciate for a moment that the chair or the bench, whatever you're sitting on, is supporting the dear body. And then coming into being aware of what the ears might be hearing. And be curious around the space upon which the sounds arise. You might even be able to sort of flip backwards and forwards. The space and what emerges on the space.
And now shift the attention to the feet on the floor and being with the sensations of the feet on the floor. So not thinking about the feet, but being in the sensations and see if you can maintain your attention there with the sensation. And being in the body in the seat, again, being aware of the sensations of the body in the seat. And then the hands in the lap, being aware of the sensations of the hands against the thighs, warmth is generated. And now come into observing the breath and just observe it from that perspective of the body is being breathed. And tenderly allow the attention to just rest on this breath as if it's just riding the wave with the breath. And very gently allow the out-breath to be a little longer than the in-breath. Allowing that out-breath to sink into the body. And allow it to sink a little deeper. And then when you're ready, Gently open the eyes. So you may notice a, a shift in system, <laughs> a shift in perception, and we often call it the little reset. And, of course, you can do that so many times during the day to just come back, come back home in effect, right? So we just call that the five magic breaths. And you'll find lots and lots of resources on my website for meditations. So this session, we're looking at where we come from. Well, not to say that these men, Churchill, Roosevelt and Stalin, were particularly good or advanced or conscious, saying what we have now does look a bit of a mess. <laughs> and, and where might we be going next? Because they do kind of represent us, these leaders that we elect. And appreciating also we have some particularly amazing women leading in the world at this point that, of course, are a counter to this insanity, who are bringing tenderness and love, clarity and strength into the space and really showing us a new way. So what is, what is going to come that? And is that the new way? And I'm curious about what is emerging. So have a little look for a second. It's Victoria Falls. I was there last year with my father because I, was, I lived there as a child. And, of course, what emerges from every given moment is that something is born out of every moment. And when you're standing at a waterfall, it's particularly noticeable because you have all these little uh, drops of water and then you have rainbows emerging. You have this magic emerging out of all these things coming together. In Buddhism, we call this dependent arising. And so when you look back at, think back at that slide with Roseville and Churchill, dependent arising creating, created those people to be in a certain way at that time, as Boris and Trump. And so it is for you in the midst of this very confusing time of COVID-19, where we are having all different extremes arise, 
so much fear and so much anxiety, so much of society's our capitalistic models, worst and best is emerging from it. Um, and so many intense emotions, so much beautiful compassion and so much sorrow and anger and frustration. So what is being born within you? What is being born so in terms of informing leadership is what I'm curious about. So a place to start is to say, what are you upvaluing as a result of COVID-19? What are you downvaluing? And what are you curious about? So one of the things that I immediately start upvaluing, and I'd really like to hear from you about this, is just more time, just feeling that the pressure was kind of off, that I could just come into appreciating hanging my washing up, appreciating cooking, appreciating baking, rather than it's something I had to get over and done with so I can get to the real state of the work. It was something I stepped into a fuller life in that way, having time with family, having time for conversations. Of course, it was all self post stuff, but it was just so obvious when you took the work away. So valuing then the upvaluing becomes relationships, the little things in life, finding that extraordinary in the ordinary um, and some downvaluing becomes that hectic, lost, lost in doing space. So, so we've got a couple of people. Um, Grace is saying up is valuing time with family and caring for family. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got Angel saying up, valuing meaningful relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, downvaluing, urgency, chaos, and no quality conversations. That's interesting, Grace. Yeah. Um, Tracy is yeah. hearing nature. Yeah. yeah. Connecting with nature, right, in a new way because there's space and also appreciating that nature is getting a breather literally almost, right, in the midst of this. Yeah. And there's been a lot more bird noise I've noticed. Yeah. Loads more birds yes. and butterflies. Yes. Um, we've got downvaluing non-essential needs. Yeah. Yeah, coming into what is most important from that, right? And happy to have a break, yeah. Time in my local community, yeah. And and so what are you then curious about? You know, because I'm listening to some Danish podcasts and what they're saying is how much of what is best from this are we going to take with us and able to take with us when things change again because they will change. I'm not saying they go back. I don't think they'll go back to how it was. But they will. So, what are you not going to let go of, and how are you going to look after that? Right? Um, is is just something to be curious about. What might be born out of this for you? So we've got Linda is enjoying having time to work out what I want to do instead of caring about others' needs. Yeah. What else? What are other people curious? More agency because there's more space. Right, not being lost in our old habitual patterns. So there's such an incredible opportunity for more consciousness, isn't there? For really knowing, being curious about our addictions, taking time to reflect, yeah. Yeah. Feeling less guilty about doing nothing. Beautiful. Just being. Mm. New perspectives on essential. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that because I think it's so it's such a rich thing about what is being born out of this, just like the the, the rainbow at Victoria Falls. Yeah. Thank you. And keep them coming. I'll just sort of keep going now with um, looking at kind of, you know, I I really like this idea of developmental levels. You know, it it has been something we've kind of dialed down because it's not about saying something is better than the other because we have all levels in us. And you probably all have heard of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We know that, you know, if our 
um, safety is threatened, then, of course, you know, we, we regress back to that irrespective of how high we might be functioning normally. So it isn't about good or bad, but it is about awareness of um, the kind of the, the developmental levels. Um, because one of the things that is so clear from this is that from, from where you are on this rung, you see life. So if you listen to Trump's uh, uh, speeches, for instance, and he declare, he speaks about this uh, COVID-19 as a, he has a war against it. That's all about safety and power. So he sits in these lower realms. I mean, that's not a great surprise, right? Um, but, but that's what, and that also is what he appeals to. And if people are feeling scared, that's where also we need to speak. That's what we need to speak to, which is interesting, right? So we have these, these developmental models. But I actually think now that something beyond the turquoise is ready to be born. I've just taken, um, yes, war versus surrender, says Dana. Yeah, thank you. So, so I've just kind of made it in a very, very simple way around consciousness. So this, this is my little, little model. Um, it does follow, of course, Ken Wilber and some of the others in some ways. But if, you, if we say we have at the bottom level of, of consciousness, we have just mind and matter fusion. So we're not very aware. We're just sort of a little, we're just a little human or a cat or an animal. We just do like, as we're programmed to. And there's little little light if we use, uh, you know, the, the beautiful song, um, Hallelujah, or the cracking of the bell, isn't it? Then we have mind over matter, and we go, well, my mind is going to, to tame, if you will, nature and the body. I am, I am going to, with my will, drive things through. And so this is when we, we destroy nature because we tame it. We have not, we're not in collaboration with it. We're taming it. We're managing it. And we're doing the same with other people. So we are in you know, human doer and human and manager as disconnected, if you like, from because I'm imposing me on this. Um, and then we start to come into mindfulness. So then this awareness of mind, human being and, the, and, and, and leading rather than just managing, if you like, leading not just for a direction, but leading in terms of where of consciousness and then awareness of consciousness which gets a bit confusing, right? So the, the pure being. I'm really very open to hearing you because I'm just playing with this, to be honest. I don't have a clue, but I, I'm, I have checked in with my experience a lot with this. And, and I'm just curious about this, you know, this is just kind of put together. It could be that it gets significantly refined. So let's start, you know, we won't look at the, you know, the, the matter of a matter or the fusion, but just coming to the next one about mind over matter, where we tame our bodies, nature, uh, our own nature. We look at duty. This is what we should be doing. We ignore our, actually our need perhaps to dance and to have joy. We ignore it because it's about suppressing it and doing the right thing. Uh, we're very guilt and shamed heavy. Um, we're addicted to more, bigger, faster, more efficient, and that's justification for everything. If it's, if it's more efficient, that's kind of it. We look at from that, we have an autocratic leadership. It's a controlling and underlying motivation is profit, wealth, and legacy, good life for the cleverest, hardest. We believe that if people just work hard and you're clever, then you'll win. In other words, those that don't, they must be stupid and lazy, which, of course, is a terrible model because it's so not true but it leaves a lot of depression and anxiety and sense of failure and disconnect, which, of course, we're seeing, for instance, in the U.S. And the next level up 
is awareness of mind. And this is, of course, where I've been working in for the last 12 years, which is really in the mindfulness space of being aware of and getting to know our mind. So this is when we come into being a human being and knowing that who we are matters. And it came out of, I think, some things, for instance, all around, I mean, there was an amazing study in Sweden, 3,122 uh, 3, people, a research over a 10-year period. And it showed very, very strongly that those that had a good boss, and he was, there was somebody who was, was leading with clarity and with kindness and fairness, that they had much fewer heart attacks than those with the bad bosses. So we, we started to go, hmm, there's an effect on this. There's something in this. Um, so the push then came from, from leaders to be self-aware and from that to self-manage and from that to lead and to, to lead others. We had a wonderful little model around above and below the line behavior, which was really about saying, this is, uh, this is not okay behavior, right? This is a new thing as well, because before that, we just had a lot of bullying and that kind of thing was, well, you had to live with it. But now we said, no, it's not okay. This is not good for us little humans. We have transformative servant mindful, mindful leadership and mindful leadership. We have facilitation, coaching, and inspiring leadership. The underlying motivation is still the same, right? Profit, wealth, legacy, a good life for the leader and possibly for others too if that happened to happen. Uh, look after yourself. It makes your financial sense, so, sense, and it's good for you to look after them, right? So you still have the same motivation for looking after people. It hasn't actually necessarily transformed your heart. It may have, but not necessarily. So I would say mindful leadership is probably some you know, slight sort of um, above the facilitation um, or facilitative or uh, servant leadership because it, become, it, 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 it brings us onto the very, um, the very conscious path. And, and I've defined it in many, in, for a long time, and we've actually just to sort of go back for a moment, mindful leadership is an integration of mindfulness, science and research. And for me, it is uh, Poznan and Kuzis's work around the leadership challenge. So it is that integration of these three modules. And that's what we're rolling out, you know, when we do it for, as the, part of the executive MBA. And so a question for you, Charlotte, at this point, is it, an, is it a progressive thing? Can you jump straight into mindful leadership or do you need to kind of go through the layers what's your experience there yeah such a good such a good question um I think there are skills in each of them that actually that will give rise to things so I often go into if you sort of look at most of the developmental models they'll have facilitation coaching as the as the time when we shift from just managing and profit focus um into a more sort of um, conscious way of operating where it is about really enhancing everybody for the sake of it. So I think skills actually help us uh, to, to get us get us up there. Um, I think, yeah, and, and also they, they, they bring us down if we don't have them. So you right. might have mindfulness awareness, but if you don't have the skill to have the conversation, if you don't have the skill to do it, you're still kind of, you know, lagging in a way. Yeah. Right? Great. So mindful leadership is sustainable and conscious leadership. It's involving ongoing learning and reflection, self-awareness and self-management. That's kind of it in a nutshell. It cultivates who you are, enhancing your qualities of leadership abilities. You know, there is no point in being a leader if you're not living well. <laughs> Why would you do it? We need to be enjoying the ride and to be unconscious on the ride. So 
It gives you the skills, practical tools, and abilities to manage your reactive self. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So inspired also from, um, when it came to mindful leadership was really say, let's go back in history and look at what are the key things that have been, been there all along um, and that all good leadership material will refer to. I said good, you know, because we go in fads of now this is important, this is important, this is important. But what is consistent throughout time? I went back to the Chinese and the Greeks, and they, there was three things that come through. In, in, and whether you look at Stephen Covey, Maxwell, whoever you look at, uh, Peter saying it, you'll, look, you'll find these. And the first is delay gratification. And that is about things like not saying something when you know what you're going to say is not particularly kind or wise. It is also knowing that I really want this but it may not be the best thing, so I'm going to just breathe and dial it down. Um, so it is really 101 of self-management, right? We have, and it's also about not just gratification, but also what we don't want, right? So it's managing ourselves out of the basic desires of avoiding and wanting. Being able to see longer-term effects of things, having the big view, not necessarily knowing, but at least be curious about it and taking responsibility for the possible effect that what, what I, how I might be influencing things. And then being able to quiet the mind, right? So being able to know that, whoa, 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 I'm losing it. This is not the time to make a decision because I need to be calm. I need to quiet the mind in order to give careful consideration to this very important issue. Just noticing that somebody is asking something. How can we integrate all these together? Um, I, I assume they're meaning so um, that the, 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 the levels. The thing is, <clears throat> can you hear me? I think you typed it when it was on your previous slide as well, where it did have servant leadership and mindful leadership and all of them together. So, yeah. That's right. So it's a great question because there are times when we have to revert back to the, the safety, right? Like we have seen now, there are times we have to revert back to this. But in a way, we don't come from that. So our, our, our job is to know when to apply what and do it from the being state rather than, than merged with the state, if that makes sense. So if I... If here's an example. So if I um, know, for instance, that now we need to get out because there's a fire, right? I might borrow that, everybody, come on, everybody, darling humans, we need to get out. But I'm not doing it with hatred. I'm not doing it to manage. I'm not doing it to control. I'm doing it from a love and protective perspective. So I'm still in the being doing, if that makes sense, Right. So the key thing is we will borrow, we will borrow and from these different levels, of course, and we need to have them integrated in all. But the but the thing is also that's so interesting is from if you see them as la, as rungs on a ladder, from each rung you stand on, you see a different perspective. So when you are on the highest level, you see that perspective, but you also know that perhaps the perspective of the person you're talking to is here. So how do I then speak to that? So if you want more on this, look at Ken Wilber's amazing work because what he also talks about is every, every next step on the ladder has integrated the, 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 the elements below but not the other way around, 
right? So as I grow, I integrate all of these. And that means I know you when you're crying about your broken heart. I know it. And I can speak to that. But I'm speaking and I, I can get to that level, if you like. And it's not about, you know, it's really important to know it's not about better or worse, but it is about movement of these. And as leaders, we want high consciousness. Right. He said, thank you. Thank you for that. And I think that really explained it. And I, I know myself, I've heard Carol and Miss talk about that as well and having that almost imagining if you're at the penthouse that if you want to talk to someone on the ground floor, You've got to be able to get back in the lift and and speak to them at that level. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that means also coming, you know, which I think is so important, why this question is so important, that the, we, we always have to come back and manage these things. You know, Ken Wilbur many years ago ploughed through 2,000 years of looking at how do we propel enlightenment. And what they found was the key was to stimulate all four domains of being human equally. So the physical part, the emotional part, the mental part, and the spiritual. Because that that you do not is going to become your nemesis. So if you don't do look after your body, then you won't have the energy. You won't to sustain yourself. If you don't have the emotional intelligence, you'll keep getting caught in muck. <laughs> if you can't sustain yourself mentally, also your, your thinking just can't be focused enough. And if your spirit isn't there, then, of course, it just becomes a flat um, dull experience, right? So, so, but also they're hierarchical. The first is the body. And this is when he's saying what the, the, the thing we need to actually work on is first the body. So the body language of the body is the language of the reactive self. The reactive self is formed through the second you were born, probably earlier, storing everything around a, an avoid and approach context, Right. And is then stored in your reactive cell. So when you meet this moment, you, your program goes, don't do that. Oh, yeah, get that. Right. So your reactive self is constantly giving you those little, little inclinations based in your past. Okay. Now, considering that some of it was stored when you were four, what was stored is not necessarily what's best for you now, and certainly not if you've got a leadership hat on. Right. You might be avoiding things that have no relevance at all to your current life okay and in longer programs we talk a lot about how this is stored but we don't have time for that now so the other thing that to just sort of share briefly is to know that the the two contracts that we function in in terms of the brain uh, behind this because that's also what this um this kind of developmental level has given us is an incredible richness when it comes to neuroscience. And so we can rely on understanding ourselves from this perspective, which gives great insight for how we need to manage ourselves. And so we're looking at this surviving track, which is a fast, automated, it is the track of the reactive in effect. And we're in the constant grips of getting away from or wanting. Remember that they're the two drives. Um, and then we have the thriving, which is the more conscious. Now, to get to, to and deliberate, I should say, right? That's where we can thrive from. It is also from that state that we can access the next level up, which is just pure consciousness. You can't access, talk about hierarchy, you can't access that when you're in your surviving brain. The door isn't there. You're not on the right floor where the door's there. You just can't. You have to get to the right floor with a door that can actually get you there. And that's the, that's the thriving brain. So we have to manage our physiology in order to access it. 
because the reptilian will always scream the loudest for survival reasons. And that, and you, if any of you watched the little beautiful Ram Das clip where he, he spent all his life on consciousness and then he shares, but when I woke up one night and had a heart attack, there was no freaking spirituality near me. All I wanted to do was live, survive. That's dominated everything. And so it will always be for us because we are human beings. in the grips of my reactive self when I'm in my re- in that and I'm and particularly if the reptilian is on if when I'm in fear then my main capacity for managing myself the prefrontal cortex and the anterior uh, singular cortex is offline and with that goes empathy with that goes that you're on the floor with the door to consciousness right so you need to we need to manage ourselves so we can access this dimension so, so here, here comes the mindfulness for the, because the mindfulness is the thing that will tell us where we're at because <laughs> a lot of the time we don't even know where we're at. We think we, we identify with thought and thinking isn't going to get me there. This is a physiological issue. So I need to check in with the body to know where I'm at. And for that, you know, for a long time when I did mindfulness, I went, oh, they really misnamed this. Why is it called mindfulness? It's like thoughtfulness, thinkfulness. It's not correct. And then one day I went, oh, in the Danish, because I'm Danish, the word minne, M-I-N-D-E, means memory. And I went, oh, my God, now we're talking. Because memory, of course, is the reactive self. When you go back to the old Pali scripts, mind is memory, which is body, feelings, and thoughts. So it is actually a mind system. And this is when it comes into Dan Siegel's work around mind. We haven't defined it, and that's why we've gotten so utterly lost and why so much mindfulness is about thoughtfulness. It's not about thoughtfulness. It starts with mindfulness of the body. So that's what we start to observe. We start to reobserve this reactive self, right? Um, and the reason we start there is because the body reacts faster than conscious thought, 0.56 of a second faster. So you have a quite a significant advantage. You might not think that that's much, but it is when you're tuned in. You'll know something arise and you have a much greater chance of catching it than if you're in your head. I think this is so valuable, especially during times like this, because often we become headless chooks, don't we? And we forget to observe what's going on with our body. And I know for me, um, learning mindfulness through you, probably coming back to the body was one of the hardest things to do because I'd always functioned in my head, but it was also the most valuable. And it was even little things that were nothing to do with stressful times or trauma. It was when you encouraged me to remember memories in my body, like can you remember what metal tastes like when you're a kid if you bit a chair leg, you know? Yes, that's right. Or something like that or put a rock in your mouth. And I had memory of that and I was like, wow. And so then I started to realise there's sensate memory that's beyond just what's thought up here. So I think in these times like COVID, it's incredibly supportive to start to learn to get that body awareness. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I can't tell you how much misery it saved me from. I mean, you know, as you know, I'm going through kind of, you know, some stuff within this. I've got two other big, big thing, three things going on in my life. And and if it wasn't for mindful of the body, I couldn't, I just couldn't be sitting here. I'd be lost in the drama of it. There's no doubt about that. Mm. And and um, 
you know, that's just one example. There's times when, you know, it, it's not be about perfection. There's, you know, and I'm not perfect, but it is about processing it there. So there's so much that comes out there and there's so much less here, right? It means yeah. there is a heaviness. We know the body is processing it, but we're not allowing it to jump out until we can land on a conclusion that's inclusive and kind. Right? That's kind of it. So mindfulness is that practice of being aware. And we only aware at 5% of the time. So we really need a practice that can kind of open that window. Well, of course, it works because of neuroplasticity, right? So if it weren't for that, um, it wouldn't work. And I'll share my little one of my favorite stories about the 89-year-old who um, it was a guy who was out from the U.S. and he was sharing the story about his mother, whom he said, you know, she um, was a typical Jewish mother, always whinging and complaining. Um, and he said, you know, she was 89 and he was visiting her when he was writing a chapter about gratitude. And he said to her, Mom, this is just amazing. Do you know that it makes you healthier, happier? You know, it improves your relationships. It improves your career if you want. It's just fantastic. And she said, mm, it's just a shame. It's too late for me, isn't it? And he said, well, what if it wasn't? Would you give it a go? And she said, all right, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. So he said, what we're going to do is every time you whinge and complain, I'm going to say end. And then you have to say, and I have a blessed life. So we have never laughed more than that week because all he could do was go and, 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 and all she could do was go and have a blessed life and have a blessed life and have a blessed life. He left after a week. He got the neighbor to keep going. So then five weeks later, his sister rang and said, what have you done to mom? She's changing. Two and a half years later, she's lying in hospital and she's dying. He goes up to see her and she's looking very peaceful. And he just sits there looking at her. And when she finally comes to, he says, Mom, I'm just wondering what you were thinking. You look so peaceful. And she says, nothing, darling, only the occasional blessed, blessed, blessed. And so that's neuroplasticity in action. That means that what we pay attention to forms and shapes our brain. The problem is for us, we have trained our brain to high level of distractedness through social media, through multitasking, through information overload, we are kind of like this. And so how our brains are being formed is not informed, if that makes sense. It's just a willy-nilly thing. So what we need to come back to is to strengthen our attention muscle. And that's the first thing we do. Only the first thing in mindfulness, because there, is, there are many other practices. There's loving kindness meditation. There's open awareness meditation. Um, there's non-dual meditation. There's many meditations. But the first is just to maintain our focus. And let's do, do we have time for a little, yeah, I think so, a little body scan. Let's just come in and do that. Um, we'll do a mini version of it. So make yourselves comfortable. Close the eyes, relax the shoulders. And again, just like we did before, start by being aware of the sounds around. And now be aware then of the feet on the floor, sensations of the feet on the floor. Coming into being aware of the body in the seat, the sensations of the body in the seat. Coming into being aware of the hands in the lap, 
And now being aware if there's anything within the body that's needing your attention. Is there any discomfort or pain? And feel free to put the hand over that area. And if you don't have an area that's painful, just put your hand, the hand over the heart area and hold, and hold the hand firmly on that area. And now notice the warmth between the hand and the body. And notice how they're moving together as the body is being breathed. And now be curious around the awareness of just the space of the body. Where does that space begin? Where does it end? You might notice that the space is much wider than the body matter, the body form. And then it's kind of an almost infinite. And now just relaxing the hand. And when you're ready, gently open the eyes. So we talk a little bit here about that the micro is in the macro and the macro is in the micro. That when you go into a specific sensation like this, you, you actually go into the whole universe. Because you realize there's just awareness. That's all there is. And if you're new to this, you might have gone, oh, I just felt my hand a little bit. That's okay. We, have, we go to it where we're at, right? So what that brings us to, remember we were looking at, we were looking at awareness of the mind and now we go, well, what we did there was actually awareness of consciousness and just pure being. So coming back to this quote, you're not a human being having a spiritual experience, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. Actually, he didn't really say it, but we can to, tend to attribute it to him. And then awakening is I am when I'm no longer identified with matter, with me, I, becoming emotions, thoughts and feelings and sensation. Awareness meeting itself in form. Awakening is not a fixed state. So like we looked at, you know, just because I have it once, you know, many of you might have had it many times. I certainly have. It doesn't mean that the window is always open. <laughs> I, re I regress back. Um, and that's what we do. But I'm curious around what context it gives us for life. So another way to say this, it's, you know, you, on a very niche you can see how you can check in with what is my relationship with this moment, with this moment, Right. Am I saying yes to this moment or no to them? Can I be at one with a moment? And then as soon as you greet the resistance as well, when observing resistance with, oh, interesting, oh, funny, then you are again present with resistance to being present and still present. That's when awareness meets consciousness and that it's they're all just arisings in form in effect. So curious about this spacious space. What does this perspective bring to you? What might change as a result? What becomes our focus? What might it mean for leading? 
for me, one of the things that that um, that it, where it has informed for some time, I you know, I remember getting a call that was quite problematic, and I picked it up. And then as I was putting the receiver down, I went, "Oh, it'll be interesting, Charlotte, to see how you react to this one." <laughs> right. So, in other words, the 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 that's just the mindfulness being curious around what is going to arise in this, right? And so then that becomes a context for whatever we're experiencing rather than going into the suffering. We're, being, we're sitting here observing the arisings that is also just consciousness in, in this experience. And so does anyone want to jump in and put their thoughts around this? Charlotte has posed some questions here. What might it mean for us in leading? What does this perspective bring? And just hopping into the Facebook group, we've got people just really liking what you're presenting and particularly the part that awakening is not a fixed state. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 If it were, then we'd have it once and we'd be off in the clouds, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I might go to just, you know, because people might have some questions about that, to kind of look at how do we ensure that we we do well as we travel through this. And like I shared with you, I have some big things going on. And I am just, I am not thinking ahead, I can tell you. I am just with this and what is emerging out of it. And that's what I'm curious about in this session. So for those, the basics we need to, I was talk about, we need to, the body is the foundation of our life. It is the primary context of our experience. So the key thing there, the first thing is sleep. You must sleep enough. And part of that is routine, maintain your routine. Make sure you move. That is so essential and eat well. Do the So on the sleep, I've noticed a lot of people commenting online, socially, as well as myself, I've been impacted and others that their sleep has been disrupted and they're not um, sleeping as much. Right. Um, so it could be, I mean, we're not as tired. So it could be that actually you don't need to sleep as much. That's one point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, I think there's some really interesting research around cortisol. Cortisol is, you know, of course, that is an activator, but it's the consistently high levels of cortisol that's problematic. Now, one of the things that happens when, when countries are at war is that we have a background noise that brings on cortisol. You Consciously, we might go, no, I'm fine, but your body knows this is not normal. This is a threat. So I would suggest that actually we are walking around in a cortisol soup, mm. right, even if we think, oh, it's nice, but we're still scared. We see the death toll rise and rise and rise, and we know, you know, and our jobs are not secure. There is, you know, a yes. So I think that that's the key thing. And, and cortisol is a thing, is the disruptor of the rhythm that regulates when we fall asleep and when we don't. So that means we need to be extra vigilant around walking, around our meditation, around eating well, dialing down your sugar and those sort of things to really come into the body. And if you do wake, particularly wolf hour, which is, you know, that two to four when everything's dreadful, hand on the, and just come into, I'm lying here, I'm safe, dear body, it's okay. Yes, because I've noticed my own cravings for sugar and things which I really haven't had for a number of years all peaked even though I would have said I was okay. But in the beginning of the COVID, there was obviously still, like you said, a bit of the cortisol soup happening. 
Um, and we have a question or a point from Philip, who's just commented as well. Presence and calm seem essential for thoughtful, conscious leadership, logical and challenging. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, I'll let you continue. It's, it's so, it's so, in a way, so elementary that to be a good leader, you have to take responsibility for your body. And I actually don't talk about self-care. I talk about there's two elements to that because self-care is easy, sort of an Apache on crazy life when I have to go home and be nice to myself. But I think the, the, the ingredients is, is self-responsibility, which starts with body responsibility and self-compassion. They're the two domains that we need to enter. Mm. Um, also, dial down your social media and good routine and structure time and take breaks. Do your mindfulness. I've done some mini mindful mini moments that are really tightly guided. If you're really losing it, they will bring you back to calm. And then there's little things we have free there, eight weeks of daily prompts and there's, you know, podcasts, etc. And also, if you want to take it further, we have an online program that is eight sessions of videos, audios, the whole caboodle, everything you need to really take on mindfulness. In, in, and this is a great time to do it, I think, and you'll have the program forever. So um, a good opportunity to, to take this on, to kind of go, wow, you know, how to be in this life. Beautiful. So magical. And so please, people take advantage of what Charlotte is offering here. And it's not an eight sessions of video, audio and workbook. It's 12 years of your experience and expertise and many, many years of all the teachers and thought leaders and people who you've learned from as well that go into that. So it's one way to really absorb the greatness that you've been sharing today. Um, in the Facebook group as well, um, yes, a few people have said sleep has been disturbed for them as well. Um, we've got that. I love the ideas that our bodies know even before when we're not aware. Um, and how can we best show compassion to our leaders who may not share our values? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, so one of the things is that, you know, we and others don't know what we don't know. So ignorance is brings on when we understand that our leaders are, are ignorant like we are, and some a little more perhaps. <laughs> it brings on compassion, but it does also bring in this, you, you don't necessarily have have compassion and not have accountability, right? So I think we can we can we can be respectful and kind, but we can still demand clarity. And um, and I think like Viv Anderson here in Newcastle did a beautiful you know example of that in speaking to our Prime Minister around you know his approaches to aged care. So that they are good examples, and some of the Prime Ministers in the world, particularly the female ones at the moment, are doing a really yes. good job of that. Right? Yeah. Of stepping up and challenging. Um, yeah. Jenny Taylor said self responsibility and self care. Yes, and I really like that take you've got on self care that it's that responsibility but also self-compassion yeah and I tell you the easiest way and this is what my book is about will be about about that I'm working finishing now is that the easiest way to come into uh, self-compassion is through the body because you 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 skip the judgmental part that goes oh but you just go into saying this dear body this is an organic system and I'm just saying Dear body, it's okay. And as soon as you do that, and we'll need to do the self-hugs at the moment, that's easy. It's just like taking care of a pot plant. This is the pot yeah. plant. 
right? <laughs> this is an organism. It's your responsibility to keep it healthy. And one of the main things it needs is love and tenderness. And what it doesn't need is a highly critical bombardment, right? Mm. And so how does one stop that bombardment if that's your default and had become a default? How does one stop that? Yep. What are some of the ways? Okay, so you cannot pump that kind of stuff out from a calm, generous body state. Mm. So everything starts with the body. If you're trying to deal with this and your pre- main dealers with it, your equipment is not online, that's, really, that's the, the biggest uh, limitation of cognitive behavioral therapy is that and, and why we start with the body because the body's the context. When the body's anxious, you're going to pump out those thoughts. When the body's calm, you won't. So, yeah. So, and I I think I saw you do a live the other day of actually doing a bit of self-soothing and coming, like you said, even that press of the hand on the heart, feeling into that, noticing feet on the floor. Yeah. And also when we're in the body, we're in present. When we come to our senses, we're present. There's no anxiety that can be generated in the present. It's generated with the idea of the future. Right. Right. Yeah. But but it's on deep levels because it's not conscious thought. Like we talked about before, we have neuroception, we're contagious, and our little neuroceptors are constantly tuning in, am I safe? And every time you see, you know, anything on the news that's, you know, it's even the word COVID-19, the system is going, right? And and so therefore the soothing is an ongoing journey. Mm. And even um, I know the picture they have of COVID, you know, it looks like, you know, the ball with all the spikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've also noticed, and some people are just starting to hop off, thank you to everyone who's been part of it. Um, I have noticed that sometimes the anxiety may not be because of your own, but it's the people you're around. So it can be challenging. And do you have any recommendations? Because some people are actually in isolation with their family and it could be a family member who's incredibly anxious. And so that could be making you feel that way too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I know it sounds ordinary, but it is the body. I mean, I work in many years as family in family mediation and it is core that the mediator is the most healthy contagion. For that and it's the same thing if you're the one who's aware in your family then try to stay calm and kind right mm-hmm. so that you inf- that's the influence that you have right yeah. you can't change anybody else you can just be that space yeah and uh some people are saying yeah they're trying to limit their news and those sorts of things to keep their anxiety down which are all great things Absolutely. yeah we have to protect these little minds of ours right yeah and also then taking in the good so then observing all that we do have you know, I mean, the this majority of Australians still have food in their tummies and food in the fridge. We have a roof over our head. We might even be looking out on something green, and I'm looking out at camellias, right? There is so much beauty and abundance around us and beautiful humans that we're with, right? So, you know, if we're, if we're not, if we're dialed up, we can't access that. So we need to mm-hmm. dial this down so we can bring that in. I couldn't agree more. And everything's so lush and green at the moment. Well, it is here in Australia and I hope it is elsewhere in the world that we can really literally look out of our windows and see beauty all around of us. Yeah. Yeah. And we should be grateful for technology, you know, if we're consuming it thoughtfully and mindfully. It's so wonderful to think that we can still connect with family members even if we can't physically go and see them. And 
I know lots of leaders have said they've connected more with their teams than they ever have before. Um, And particularly where they had remote teams before, it's made them more aware of, oh, how can I make them feel part of our workplace now? So there's lots of silver linings, I think. Absolutely. And I suppose that's my sort of the end of it saying, what will be born out of this? (laughs) You know, and also we can't give birth to this new consciousness if we are captured by the reactive. If I'm captured in the smallest part in me, I cannot be a midwife in this space. And it is our collective responsibility to be midwives of what is ready to be born. What a great way to end and close out that we're all midwives of this great new consciousness being born, which is an honour and a responsibility, right, that we all have right now. And someone said to me the other day, their daughter said to them, Mama, will this go down in history? Like, is this one of those? And I'm, yeah, and it so is, isn't it? It's one of those moments in time. And so it is up to all of us to be responsible and mindful about how we do that. I want to thank you, Charlotta, for bringing your years of wisdom and beautiful, compassionate self to our airwaves today through the Superhuman Summit. Thank you. And to everyone who's watching, remember when you're registered, you'll get the recordings for free in about a week. To all of you live streaming on Facebook, hello, we see you and thank you for being part of this in the Superhuman Summit group. If you haven't already, go ahead and have a look at the other 37 speakers yet to come who also have amazing wisdom, knowledge and perspectives to share with you. Um, Please keep hashtagging Superhuman Summit. Um, If you're brave and you want to wear a um, (laughs) superhuman cape, even a towel or something along, please send us in your superhuman selfies and tell us what you're thinking. Thanks to Jane, Anne, Liz, Dana, Tracy, Andreas, all of you listening. Yes, being part of watching it. and bringing your energy and the next speaker today will later on be Peter Zing um, in a few hours and Peter is going to talk about transhumanism the next logical step in our evolution and he's going to talk about artificial intelligence and robotics and how that blends with humans in the future so um, oh someone wondered what the cape was I'm being superhuman arm <laughs> so thank you all so much for tuning in And thank you again, Charlotta. Please, I've put the link to her website, themindfulnessclinic.com.au. Go and check it out. So many great offers and um, amounts of knowledge and wisdom. And follow her meditations. I know I have learned so much from you. Um, It's been a blessing to have you share with us tonight. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for inviting me and thank you for creating this amazing event. Yeah. Thank you for listening and participating. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, Kerry, we see you too. Bye, everyone. Take care and see you on the next speaker. Bye for now. Bye.